Let's do it. It's time for another episode of Short Bus Cinema. Glad you could be with us. I'm Rick, one of your hosts, and along with me, I hope you guys are ready because we're going to strap into this bus. We're going down to Mexico, and I can't think of somebody better to ride with than my buddy, Mr. Johnny Krug. What is up, my friend? What is up, dude? Talking some demonoid messenger of death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, we were already saying before this start, I don't really know that this one is bus worthy. Because <laughs> it actually is a pretty cool film, but it's so outlandish, I think it's definitely going to be worth talking about. It's something that while I watched it, I, I could totally think of funny riffs while, while while things are going on. But like writing, try like sitting there trying to write notes for it, I was like, oh, I don't know. This is, I don't know. It's like not, it's not like the acting's good. Everybody's pretty competent. I mean, yeah. I mean, you've, I mean, you've got actually a really good cast as far as the acting goes. <laughs> there's, there's and a no, budget. Yeah, no wacky lines, but yeah, that's the thing about it. There's this budget, but I don't know. Is this is this what you get with this budget? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out. Uh, you mentioned a scene earlier, and, and there's one scene that's kind of the same that I'll talk about later, uh, and they're both they're pretty fun. <laughs> there is no doubt this movie is just wacky, man. It's got a lot of wacky stuff in it. And I remember the first time I saw this, I didn't even know what it was. It came on regular TV. <laughs> And it was just so crazy that it always stuck in my mind. And all these years later, I finally figured out what it was. So <laughs> I'm just tickled to get to talk about it. It made it actually made me want to go back and watch the black and white film, The Devil's Hand, which is actually, I think, one of the alternate titles of this. In Germany, that's the title. <laughs> oh, okay. If you go down the list on IMDb of alternate titles, there are a lot of them. <laughs> cool. Which Johnny's going to read each and every one of them right now. No. <laughs> <laughs> What I like though is it's, it has has uh, the United States poster title and then the United States informal title, and it's one of one is demonoid messenger of death and then the other one is demonoid messenger of death exclamation point. <laughs> <laughs> like, really, guys, like <laughs> that that really drove it home. I guess <laughs> I, I don't feel like I, I don't feel like that's really a fun fact for IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> what we're gonna do right now is take a little short break and we will be right back with demonoid. All right. Dude, do you want to see something really scary? Like when you're sitting at home late at night reading some scary story or something and the dog just hops up and like we runs out of the room for no reason. Definitely <laughs> 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 check under the bed at that point. <laughs> but who said it best? Rob Zombie or Samuel L. Jackson? Uh, that's a tough one. <laughs> Welcome to Fright Night. 
Hey, this is Billy. And this is Scott. And this is a Scary Dad Podcast. <laughs> Join us as we talk about all things scary. Imagine, dude, if you, if you were still conscious for a few seconds, knowing your head was no longer attached to your body. So, have you ever played around with a Ouija board? <laughs> you know? No, I haven't. And in, like, true poltergeist fashion. It was built on a graveyard. Man, if it's scary, cool, or something we find just plain interesting, we talk about it. Every Monday, available on iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher Radio, and on our website at scarydad.com. And now for our feature presentation. Demonoid, Messenger of Death from 19... It says 80 on here, but everything else says 81, so I'm not sure which one's right. Maybe it was shot in 80 and released in 81? Yeah, who knows? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's a very short movie. It's like one hour and 18 minutes, and actually, depending on the cut, you see, I saw one that was slightly longer, one that was slightly shorter, so I think it just depends. Um, Oddly enough, the IMDb score for this is a 4.5, and... It's funny because I've looked. I, I go to IMDb almost every every day for something, and I was looking at a couple movies the other day that were really really bad movies, and they both had like fives and sixes, and this one's got a four point five. Wow! And and those other two were like legitimately terrible movies, so they must have a lot of friends rate like voting them up or something. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this movie is directed by Alfredo Zacharias. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> oh man he uh he directed a movie called the bees he's done a lot of stuff in fact he uh he's still alive surprisingly enough a lot of the cast is still alive which is because either they were probably in their 50s or 60s when this was made yeah you would think so um so i i don't know i could be just like way like, overshooting that it just seemed like it uh, <laughs> and uh but no this guy he's he worked up until 2001 still making movies and stuff and it looked like it was big budget type stuff but this movie stars samantha edgar Stuart Whitman, uh, who both of those, they're both still alive, yeah. still working. Uh, Roy Jensen, who I didn't know a lot about him. And I looked him up, and I, I learned a lot about him. Apparently, he was like a very common stand-in for um, oh, like Robert Mitchum, and it, there were a lot of cool facts. Cool. But um, other than that, though, I mean, you have a you have a lot of people. Oh, you have Ted White in this from Friday the 13th, what, part four? That's right, yeah. Play Jason. He's in this movie as a complete sleazeball. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And we will get to that. And uh, apparently, his his woman in this movie, uh, she goes by one name. <laughs> at her career is Haji, is H A J I, and she did a lot of like Russ Myers films and stuff. And and I mean, rightfully so, she is stacked to the roof. This movie, you know, she's sleazy. She's got like the little orphan Annie hair cut <laughs> going on, and you know, and yeah, it's it's uh. Yeah, she's just she's not very appealing in this movie, especially yeah. her death scene. <laughs> oh, oh, that death scene! There are a lot of bad on film deaths that rival this one, but that was a really bad one. We'll 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 get into that. <laughs> but uh, but this movie, um, I have it written down eighty one, and yep, basically it's depending on which version you see. Did you see the one where it's it's the Ku Klux Klan in the? Yeah, it's exactly the, what I got. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, so basically, there, it starts with a woman beating the behinds of a bunch of clan members in a mine. <laughs> and, and in between little flashes of a blatant Pazuzu ripoff, just yeah. straight up. I mean, 
if the exorcist is gonna, if Warner Brothers is gonna sue uh, Abby, <laughs> but let this slide. Are you serious? Well, this is eighty one, so this is quite a few years later. So you know, yeah, I guess so- Abby because it was the same year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, you're right. But yeah, man, she's fighting. You know, she's she's got she's grabbed this this metal fist. It looks like the the album cover for a Motorhead album. <laughs> <laughs> And all of a sudden, the KKK show up, and it's just, I mean, she's just, <laughs> I'm a big fan of slapping in movies, and she's just <laughs> slapping them around, man. It's awesome. <laughs> she's, I mean, she's, like, really wailing on these dudes until they somehow, there's a couple of really terrible, terribly placed punches to her, and they, like, chain her up on the wall. Right. And at some point in the scene, her top comes open. Yeah, it's not it's not really explained how it just kind of just pops open. I had no problems with that, but <laughs> I will tell you this: it's followed by a pretty gruesome uh, hand amputation. Yeah, it is. And, yeah. and she just sits there. She like turns her her bloody stump inward at her face and stares. <laughs> 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 I feel like that happened a lot in this movie. I feel like anytime a hand would you know be, be disconnected from a body, the person was like. Maybe that's the shock of, you know, having an appendage ripped off. Yeah. The hand lands on the ground. It starts trying to, like, crawl away. And the dude, you know, one of the Klansmen stabs it. And then he puts it in that case. Yeah. Yeah. That's the opening to the movie, folks. (laughs) And and from there, it it just cuts to credits. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Which, which, the original version I watched of this movie um, didn't have the scene. So... It, when I saw, when I watched it again and I saw this, I was like, "Whoa, am I watching the right movie?" But then they, I, you know, they get to the point where they put the hand in that case. Like, "Oh no, it's the same movie. It's just I didn't see the scene the first time." Well, I remember telling my wife when I finally found this movie and I started watching it, and like you said, when she's chained up and her and her outfit pops open, I said, "I don't remember this at all." <laughs> she's like, "Uh huh, I bet." <laughs> No, that's probably cut out. You said you saw this when you were yeah, pretty I young. On, I saw it on TV, so they didn't show yeah. that part. Yeah, that was probably cut out. I don't, you know, it's funny too because in the description, even later on, there they talk about they talk about these guys as if they're Satanists down in this like mine area, and I'm just like, they couldn't have just said Klansmen because they don't right. look like Satanists at all. No, they're wearing white robes with white, you know, hoods. That's oh, they are straight up pointy hoods. Yeah. It's it's no different but, than the blind dead. I mean, they kind of had the same outfits when they were alive. You know, they even had crosses on everything. But they're satanic. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> so it goes to credits, and again, depending on which one you've watched, it, it the music is completely different. Both yeah. score like one score is almost like a giallo film, and the other score is very, um, very like seventies like yep. funk kind of sound. That's kind of what I got. It, it, it's almost like it's music. It could almost be on like either Fantasy Island or Love Boat or, you know, that late seventies, early eighties oh, TV music. <laughs> there's there. Oh yeah, there's a car chase scene in this movie, and it's just all walkie chicka walkie chicka walkie chicka in the background. <laughs> yeah, you expect Starsky and Hutch to come by, you know. <laughs> but oh, yeah, man, this would be one. This would be one dark episode of Starsky and Hutch. <laughs> But yeah, so it, it opens up. You're in Mexico, and you got a lady here that's like a cross. It's like if Joan cross, if Joan Collins and David Boy had a baby, <laughs> she kind of looks like a mix of those two. And she really do. I was thinking Joan Collins too. Yeah, she's got a very Joan Collins look, and it's, that's the way she's dressed. But when you see her in the face, if you took her hair and everything back, it's David Boy, man. <laughs> I'm oh, you. she totally had that. She had that Goblin King bulge going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And she's hanging out with Peppy, 
and and uh, they drive to a coal mine that apparently she owns with her husband. Well, before they get to the coal mine, though, <laughs> um, she's sitting there talking to Pepe before, you know, it's just kind of them on this nice, like, mountainside. And she's asking a question about her husband, and he's like, he's like, he's down in the mine. Mines are very much like women, very jealous. And I'm like, I don't know that you should compare a woman to a mine. <laughs> I mean, cold... I don't know. I don't know. It there's just seems lot. like not a great comparison. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of ways you can go with that one. So exactly. <laughs> but I love when they get there because like she's very insistent that she goes in, although it, it appears she doesn't know what she's walking into. Oh, and the fact that she goes in there and she's in high heels and in a hard hat, you know, <laughs> proper attire. Well, and rocks start falling, and then all of a sudden she's attacked by a skeleton. <laughs> yeah, it's like Indiana Jones all of a sudden, you know. You don't really see anybody until that point except for her, but then, like, 30 guys run out to help her. Yeah, they're all hiding. They hate the boss. <laughs> <laughs> like I can see why later. We'll talk about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the corpse falls out, and guess what? It's missing a left hand. That becomes a, a, a very common theme throughout this movie. Yeah, very common. You know, and I've seen this in movies before, and I didn't realize until about three years ago that I had a friend who was left-handed, and he had told me his family's real religious, and they always and he's left-handed, and he they pretty much treated him like he was like some kind of demon or something. Yeah, I guess some people are old school like that, man. Yeah, oh yeah, it's the devil's hand. Then you go to that mummy exhibition that they go to, which is just strange. <laughs> Yeah, well, it shows a bunch of kid mummies. Yeah, and of course, all the mummies that they found, or that's in this exhibition, they're all missing their left hands. Coincidence? I don't think so. You know what, Ricky? I feel like they could have made a prequel to this, because there's that one case, it's that one long glass case, where there's like ten children, like toddler age mummies. Yeah. And I'm thinking, how cool, like, the direction this movie goes with, you know, whoever possesses the hand becomes like just enraged and you know possessed yeah uh, i'm like could you imagine that with kids running around like attacking you would have been children of the mind still the fact of hey here's something fun to do let's go look at a bunch of preserved corpses <laughs> 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 and then they run outside and you get all the kids that are selling the yummy mummies <laughs> yummy mummies <laughs> She's like, that's morbid. And I didn't understand how that worked. It's like every kid had the same thing, and they just, what, they pay whichever kid they like best to give them I guess so, yeah. Whoever the candy. makes the sale, yeah. Yeah. It, it's kind of that but, way when you go and, like, if you go to the Bahamas or something, there's, like, 15 kids run up, and they try to put a bracelet on your arm, and they go, $8, you know? <laughs> oh, my dad, the one time I went to the Bahamas when I was, like, real little, my dad did that. He, uh... Then the people kept running up and putting stuff on me, and I thought it was just like I'm, I was like, you know, t- eleven. And I thought it was just free stuff, and my dad's like, "No, take that off, take it off now." Yeah, because <laughs> like, because you know, it, they're expecting you to pay them for every little piece of whatever they put on you. Right. Yeah. The locals here, they're really superstitious, and they, they pretty much won't go back down because you know, uh, just everything that comes with the, the devil's hand. <laughs> <laughs> There's a mommy there. <laughs> Basically, Jennifer and her husband, they go down there because right. they want to prove, yeah, prove that if a woman will go down there to the like the deepest cavern of this mine, that surely all these grown you know uh, guys that are locals will go back down. Yeah, because the, mu- the mummy fell out, and that's what made them think they're all superstitious so they wouldn't go back to work. So they, the owners go down there to try to prove, look, there's nothing to be scared of. What do they originally find when the, the skeleton mummy thing pops out? It's like silver? Or yeah, it's like a bag of coins or something. Yeah. Right. And they don't want to take it out. They don't want to take it out of the mine because, you know, superstition. It's right. just like they don't, you don't remove stuff like this from the mine. Yeah. 
No, I just thought it was very strange because, like, I don't know, this this guy comes in and he's, like, just desecrating all these old, like, traditions and things. <laughs> well, you don't care. He's married to Joan Collins' David Boy. <laughs> so, yeah, they go down, they go down into the mine. <laughs> and when they go in there, they find this old torture chamber. And well, <laughs> well, they, they go, they go in there, and within a matter of what was it, thirty seconds, he steps into all. some kind of sinkhole. <laughs> he steps into some, <laughs> it, it, Well, it's kind of like quicksand, but it's like I don't know. It's very weird because it just drops out beneath him into another the, the torture room. Right. Like yeah. he called it something. He called it like a uh, he called it an underground chamber or something. Yeah. And they get down there, and it, and, and it looks like it looks just like you know. The it looks like the backdrop to like some early Maiden videos or something. There's like <laughs> devils standing up there and stuff, and you got Eddie in there. That's right. But yeah, the the statue you said you know got the Pazuzu kind of flash earlier. That statue is standing there in in this in this hall in this chamber room, and and this is where they actually find the the you know the case that we were talking about that they took the hand and put into the case. They decide to bring it out and show everybody. See. There's nothing to be scared of when they bring it out. Everybody just he runs. Pulls it. I know, right? <laughs> he pulls a straight weird owl from UHF. Like, he goes in there, and he, he acts like he's going to be careful when he goes to stick his hand in this thing, and then he just snatches it. <laughs> but yeah, man, they just scatter, man. So they're not coming back to work ever. <laughs> well, and, and this guy, his his whole mentality is, you know, we'll, we'll hire a new crew of locals. And it shows them later, they go back to the house later on at the crib, and they got some slow jazz flute music playing. So it's, it's you know. <laughs> I, I'm glad the scene didn't go where I thought it was going to go. Yeah, because it kind of flashes to afterwards. So after the booty call, <laughs> her <laughs> husband is sitting over and he's drunk, and he grabs the case and he opens it, and it's just full of dust. And this dude is, I mean, I'm, he's talk, I'm talking, he's cooter brown drunk man he's just staggering everywhere so he's just he playing with the ashes yeah he just runs through his hand and he goes and jumps into bed and then you get some weird scenes that are just outside like down an alleyway this this part didn't really make any sense you just get some flashes of i don't know if it's just filler material or what but wow that's there is going, a lot of that in this movie yeah wow that's going on though the dust starts forming into a hand Ooh. It's really cool. Like I did think the, the stop motion there was kind of cool. Yeah, I like it. I assume that's what that was. I assume that was stop motion. <laughs> it reminded me a lot of uh, some of the. I mean, not as what, not as well done as something like Elm Street Four. Whenever Freddy's like skin forms back over his skeleton, right? <laughs> but it was pretty cool still. Yep. So you got Joan Collins is in the bed, drunk dudes in the bed, and now the hand starts coming up on the bed. And, and I'm telling you, of course, when you, at the end of the day, you're looking at this and going, this is just a hand movie, basically. And as cheap as that can be, this is done pretty well, man. The, the hand looks pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think um, the people flopping around and flailing with it are another story. <laughs> it's going up Joan Collins' leg, and her husband Mark grabs it, and it's just pure Bruce Campbell at this point. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's, it's it's Bella Lugosi laying in the, uh, the the tiny pond with the the octopus prop. <laughs> right, he's pulling it over <laughs> on him. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. I, this is a great scene though, and it's cool because this whole thing goes down, and then the hand just kind of disappears. Yeah. And it's one. And the funny thing is, it's one of the only times in this entire movie where the hand takes over without you actually seeing how it does it. Yeah. 
Yeah. Because uh, later on, you know, people were cutting hands off and all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And uh, no, it just it, she looks up and she's like, "Let me see your hand," and he's freaking out. And she starts bringing the case up to him, and he's like, "Get away from me! <laughs> yeah. Get away!" Yeah, and he so, just splits, man. He just takes off. <laughs> this the next day, man, is something else. <laughs> so I, I'm as, I'm assuming it's his. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's his old crew. I couldn't tell because she gets to the site. Um, yeah, Joan Collins gets to the site, and she's talking to Pepe, and Pepe is like, "Yeah, he forced all the guys to go down there." And I'm like, "How do you how do you force like forty guys to go into a mine? Does he have a gun or something?" Probably, yeah. <laughs> and and it just cuts to him with like an old school like an old school like. Acme like yeah. <laughs> detonation device, and he blows up all the people in the mine. <laughs> he puts all in there and just blows it up, <laughs> just like Wally Wally Coyote style, and just <laughs> jumps in the car and takes off. <laughs> the very the very effeminate Jeep. It was like a pink <laughs> Jeep. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was funny because like when they showed it, she was usually driving, but then he hops in there and, and bolts, and I'm like, yeah, you look kind of odd in that car, dude. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. But yeah, he ends up going. Uh, I'm guessing Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. They say, yeah, they said Vegas. Yeah. Well, because apparently he became such a big deal in Vegas that there's a new, a news headline about him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's the biggest winner in, in Vegas history or whatever. And so his wife sees the, the report or whatever. So she goes and tries to track him down. This is a few days later, I guess. And, uh, you know, she's just trying to figure out, you know, he blew everybody up and took off. So she's trying to find her husband. And uh, she goes. As a loyal a, wife should. Yeah. Right. <laughs> He just yeah. murdered like thirty people. Let's let's, <laughs> let's track you down. But yeah, you know, and he, and it shows him. He's in here and he's he's rolling dice, man. And he's just winning all the time. And that's when Ted White and the cockeyed girl comes up <laughs> and sees him winning. <laughs> and she kind of looks like if you took Flo from Alice and Marty Feldman and combined them, that's kind of what she looks like. Yeah, uh, that's about right. <laughs> and she's supposed to be like she's supposed to be sexy, but that hair, man, that hair is so it's bad. It's, it's very orphan Annie. But yeah, I mean, of course, you got Ted White, like we said. He's a, he's down here, and he's throwing some money out there because he keeps seeing the guy winning. So you know they're up to something because you can tell this guy and girl are a team. But it, the girl goes up to, to Mark, you know, the dude, or David Boy's husband, and starts kind of hitting on him <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> and uh, this is not looking good. You know that something's up. But at the same time... David Boy shows up to the counter and is looking for her husband. Even you know has the newspaper there, and and the the guy at the counter is like, "If you knew how many women has come up and said, hey, 'Hey, I'm so and so's wife. Can you tell me where he is?'" He said, "I've been hearing that all day long." So apparently, every woman in town is wanting to get with this guy because now he's rolling in money. So she decides to just go look on her own. But while that's going on, we're still rolling dice, and he finally ends up losing. But uh, he's not going to lose with Marty Feldman. She's ready to go. <laughs> and, and it was weird too because like, it doesn't show him drinking or anything at this at the casino. But when they leave, he's like, it's almost like he's like staggering out of the place with her. Yeah. Like she's like holding him up. Yeah, she's having to hold him up. And then up. Ted White comes up behind him and was it hit, hit him with a sack full of nickels? What does he hit him in the back of the head yeah, with? Yeah, hits him with something. I I don't know that that's really important, but <laughs> he whacks him. <laughs> and then when he wakes up later on, they're out in the middle of nowhere. They put him in this little shack, and they're wanting to know how he's been winning all this time because they've been watching him. They're, they're scammers. They see how this works, but they can't figure out how he's doing it. So he, Ted White threatens him and says, if you don't tell me how you're doing this, we're going to cut your hands off. They got him strapped across this little bitty table with his hands stretched out. Well, apparently his hand doesn't like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> and literally from this moment on, the rest of this movie, bonkers. 
absolutely bonkers. <laughs> and that's why I love it so much. So his hand gets upset and says, no, this ain't happening. So he breaks loose. And he just goes to town on this couple, man. <laughs> oh, he he grab. I don't exactly see what he does to Ted White. It's like he knocks him out or something. But the yeah. woman, he like slams her against the wall and like squeezes her face until it like pretty much crushes. Yeah. And she has one of the most laughable deaths I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and they just they linger on her face and her like slowly sliding down this wall. And I'm like, oh come on, cut away. This is cringy. Yeah. You gotta stop. You That's need to stop. Bad. And then maybe why, maybe why she got the gig because her face was a little kind of misformed anyway. So if they did their hand like that, it looked like it really messed it up. I guess I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But yeah, so in the process, Mark's upset now because he's realizing his hand is making him do all this. So he decides that he's going to cut his hand off and get away from it. But his hand don't like that idea. Now, I've said this on other shows: setting yourself on fire is just never a good idea. <laughs> no. No, so, and and the way he does it is funny too because it's another one of those scenes where he's like fighting himself, <laughs> like he's got the he's got the one hand with the the gasoline pouring over his head while he's like hopping on one leg. <laughs> he's like, no, no, and his hands just pouring. So yeah, his hand pours gasoline all over him, and then sets him on fire. And he does kind of the thing trot where he goes through the wall and lands outside, but his hand burrs, <laughs> burrs itself down in the ground so it doesn't burn up. And dude just lays there and burns up. <laughs> that was a pretty brutal uh, fire stun, it too. It really like is, it went, man. It went on for a while. Yeah, and it looks good. I mean, it's, it's a good effect. Oh, yeah, it does. Really good. So out of this, you kind of get David Boy again going to... I guess she goes to the... It's the cops that she goes to. And she's she's pretty much believes that it was her husband that they found that's all burned up. I guess they got in touch with her, but she's convinced her husband. But they never they never say it's her husband. Also, they, not only do they not say it's her husband, but like she's basing this whole thing off a description of the woman he left with as being the same description of the woman in the shack. Yeah, uh, good point. But but she but she never saw her or anything. They just you know it's like, and after she's even more mangled in the face, it's like how does she know? <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's just very weird. Like it, it's it's weird to me that she like jumps to such a conclusion based on yeah. like hardly any kind of proof. Yeah, if there's a real loophole in this movie, it, it's probably this point of you know. She's just that, you know, convinced that it's going to be her husband that's the one that's burned up. So she's going to confirm that. And that leads to her meeting this priest who apparently, you know, performed the the burial of this guy. They just took him to a local, you know, burial ground and cemetery. They said they they sent his corpse to California and he died in Nevada. That was kind of weird, too. Yeah. So, you know. Because they're like, yeah, they're like, they sent him off and they went ahead and buried him. I'm like, why would you go ahead and bury somebody? I don't think it's that easy to get, you know, a plot and stuff if you don't know the person's identity. Uh, You almost feel like maybe this is just because of locations. (laughs) Maybe they could could shoot up this place for real cheap this day or not have to worry about getting caught doing it on this day here or who knows. But uh, she goes to see the grave, and she's talking to the priest. And uh, the Nancy Drews it, man. <laughs> the hand's not dead, so it literally just—I I don't know how the hand is this powerful, but his whole body just completely jumps up through the casket, through the gravesite, and is <laughs> back on the streets again. <laughs> Well, if you, well, if you, you've seen Kill Bill. I mean, she she laid in there for a long time doing that whole straight hand to fist thing inside the coffin. Well, it's funny you I say know. that because I do have it written down there. I said he jumps. It Mark flies out of the grave like a ninja. <laughs> <laughs> 
Really? Yeah, and uh, it's crazy too because I, I like the scene right after this whenever uh, whenever her and Father Cunningham go to this this grave, and he's like, "Oh, looks like somebody vandalized it." She's like, <laughs> "This." She knows. She's like, "This is from the inside. Look, there are no shovel marks. All the splinters are facing outward." And I'm like, "What? When did you become such a sleuth?" <laughs> well, I mean, really though, if you look at it, you're like. Yeah, you can see where it like explode. Like I said, a ninja came out of it. So yeah, it doesn't look like somebody <laughs> dug it up. So what they do is they go back and call the police. Oh man, <laughs> the cop shows up and he gets out of the car and he's going looking somewhere. While that's going on, Mister Burned a lot comes up to the car, and this is just incredible. He starts slamming his hand in the car door to cut the hand off, <laughs> and once the hand is off. The body falls down dead right there beside the car. And then the cop comes back up to the car and the hand is in the car honking the car horn. (laughs) It's just, you know, it's been around long enough to know what to do to get someone's attention, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing. This hand from ancient times knows how to to honk a car horn. (laughs) Crazy. I did think the effect of uh, of her husband when he was laying there was like he, he that was probably the best effect of the movie. He looked very yeah. like Cinnabite, like yeah. creepy. It was very creepy, and then he starts slamming his hand in the door, like oh, you just took away some of that scariness. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the thing about it. There's a lot of that's that's done in this movie that's really good, but then there's just some crazy decisions that are made to kind of make you go, you know, this is a little wacky. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like I said, it gets going, and you go, yeah, it's just a, a possessed hand movie. Uh, <laughs> I even told you later on that, you know, to me, that, you know, Jason Goes to Hell, I think, kind of borrowed from this movie. It's like a combination of that and The Hidden, you know? It was, yeah, very, very much like The Hidden, too. Yeah, yeah like The Hidden, I think The Hidden's probably my favorite of all those. Oh, me too, man. Love The Hidden. This, uh, but you know, the next day, okay, so this cop basically becomes um, yep. the new possessed guy sure you know and i didn't i didn't realize right away until the next day that they actually did make his like forearm white i didn't notice that until something that happens later but it's funny because um so i don't know the plan here but so this cop speeds off down down the cemetery road and they're trying to get his attention and the next day father cunningham goes to meet with him and they decide to spar and i I guess that was like i guess it's like oh well if he was the devil this is when he would beat my ass as a priest (laughs) with his devil arm so yeah so they they get in the ring and he's whooping on him pretty good until that crucifix comes out yeah yeah it does it every time every time man (laughs) just like in rocky when rocky does the sign of the cross that's that's the last round you know it's over (laughs) (laughs) he's i mean he's straight up wailing on him man yeah (laughs) Yeah, it's just a weird setup because, you know, the priest just happens to work out at the same gym that this cop does, and they decide to have a match. But then later on, (laughs) after all that's done, uh, Leo, which is the cop's name, ends up seeing Joan Collins out and about, and he arrests her. Puts her in the back of the cop Because of of her rental car is a stolen car? (laughs) Or something very loose like that? Yeah, there wasn't much behind Well, you know what I didn't notice, though? Well, the funny thing is, is, is there's a shot that I, I thought something was going to happen when they show the shot because he's got her like, he's got her bent over the hood of the car. I didn't sound right, but he's <laughs> he's he's handcuffing her, and she keeps telling me, you know, this is ridiculous, and and it, there's like a very, I don't know, it's like a long little lingering shot on the, her key dangling out of the trunk. Yeah, and I was like, oh, so what's going on with that? 
but it never and nothing yeah. ever happens. I'm just, just like, why did they just focus on that? Yeah. <laughs> it just all of a sudden cuts to him driving down the road with her in the back seat, and they pull up at a uh, a plastic <laughs> surgery center, which right. is a uh, is a very interesting scene because he basically walks in, points a gun at the doctor and the doctor's <laughs> assistant, and uh, which they're kind of getting it gonna... on at the time. Did you notice that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were they were like you know getting it on. It's like, uh, well, you didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> But I do like that though. It's like he very he almost calmly says, "You're gonna cut my my hand off, or I'm gonna kill you all." Yeah. And this is when I noticed. This is when I noticed that his forearm was white. Was whenever they're doing this, he didn't want any kind of anesthesia or or anything like any kind of numbing stuff. He he basically just wanted them to like just go right into his arm. And the guys, the the doctor says something like it like it cauterizes it as it cuts it off. Yeah, it's like. But the thing he's doing laser. it with looks. Yeah, it looks like a big pen with a light on it or something. <laughs> and uh, and so and the whole time Joan Collins is sitting there, um, Bowie, she's she's actually just being forced to watch this. You know, every time in this movie, yeah. almost every time someone decides to take their their forearm off, she's pretty much subjected to it. Yeah, sit there and watch it. Yeah, and, and uh, that's the thing too. It's like you 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 think Leo Leo would probably change his mind. Like, yeah, I don't need anything. Let's just do it. He didn't. The the doctor didn't tell him. It's going to take me a really long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he might have said, you know what? Go ahead and knock me out, man. Because <laughs> it takes yeah. forever for this thing to cut through his hand. It really does. <laughs> and I, I do like it, though, because there are a lot, there's a lot of me where I'm just like, like what what ends up happening here? The, the hand breaks loose, and it gets the gun, and it sees the nurse running off, so the hand shoots the nurse with the gun, which, again, doesn't make any sense, because how does the hand see... <laughs> you know, uh, just saying, uh, you know, but yeah, it, it's a, just a dead shot, you know, kills her. And then you get the whole process of it getting on the doctor. Now the doctor's possessed. And then David Boy breaks free and she's trying to run out. He gives her a shot like in the like a temp in the temple, wasn't it? <laughs> There's a couple times where he sticks her with it, like where he, one time it's like in the spine. And then eventually, yeah, like right in her head. And then eventually it took him like three or four sticks to actually give her all the sedative or something. Yeah. So he brings her back in there and has her all, uh, you know, on the table again. I, I don't understand the infatuation with her, the hands either. connection to her. Because the doctor, the next scene, cuts like, his own hand off, and you're like, well, why does she have to be here for that? This is when the priest kind of figures out what's going on, for the most part. And he comes in there, and there just happens to be another cop waiting for the priest outside. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> out of the, whole, the whole thing is very weird. So, so they hop in the car, and they get in this high-speed chase with this doctor. And I mean, what? No less than three cars flip in this in this high speed chase. And they're riding in Box Hog's car, <laughs> that great big white yeah. Cadillac with the convertible. The doctor's trying to jump on the train. <laughs> you know, so you got that old scene where he's on the train, and then he gets whacked in the head by one of those water towers or whatever it's wrapped right in the train. That was great. Oh, he's just crawling on the ground trying to stick his hand on the track. Yeah, lays his hand up on the track, and then the, the of course the train wheels cut his hand off, and then the hand jumps up on the bottom of the train, and it's gone. Runaway train, never come back. Yeah, if it could have just took that band with him. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Here's some Soul Asylum if you want to take that hand. That was pretty much uh, just mainly stalking her, like uh, the priest. Yeah. Well, well, okay. So no, she goes back to her room and. She ends up getting attacked in her room again by the hand, but yeah. at the last at the last second, the priest is there to actually 
help her and they escape. The hand destroys the case though, so it can't you can't put it back in the case anymore, which they've been carrying around thinking well, they can put it back in here and stop all the evil and this hand's already found the case and destroyed it. Again, how a hand jumps on a train, goes to wherever it's going, but ends up back at her hotel room. That's really not that credible. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> the hand had the hand had Siri. <laughs> must, must have. They had something. <laughs> Siri, how do I get to the Holiday Inn on Route Six? <laughs> oh. No, but um, I, I didn't. So the the priest takes her back to. I think they go back to the actual the church. They go to the church. Yeah, we kind of get and a showdown in the. He's church. got. She's in her nightgown, so he tells her, you know, to get dressed in this other room. So, and they have, I guess, just you know, random clothes there for women. Sure. But she she gets put in this. She's in like suspenders and stuff when she walks out. She looks like. <laughs> I'm like, why of all the outfits you'd have in a church would this be the one? I expect her to come out dressed like a nun or something. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but now now you got the the priest walking around in the church trying to see if this hand is somewhere, and you get one of these obvious scenes that made me laugh out loud when I was watching it because it's where he walks up to the statue and of course the you know the the hand falls out off the statue and it's a mannequin hand <laughs> and he's looking at it and all of a sudden <laughs> the real hand jumps out on him and there's a bunch of him flailing on the ground with this hand oh and, man and uh, the chase scene in this thing that throughout this whole piece is just way too long man it's weird too it's very weird yeah like Whenever he like, whenever it over it overtakes the the priest and he's chasing her around and and uh, there's this this whole scene where she's like hiding behind this like stained glass, but it's like right. it's like movable stained glass. Yeah, it's almost and, like just a like a room divider or something. Yeah, and and so he sees her behind it and he goes, I guess, like to lunge at her or something, and she turns the stained glass and and this this goes on for a couple little turns it's, and then yeah. Yeah, is that when he like punches through it? Yeah, he punches a hand through there, and he says the words that you want every you want to hear every priest say, and that's "Get me the blowtorch." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, no, no pun intended. He was a pretty handy priest. <laughs> like he he had a lot of skills. You know, there were scenes of him like melting down stuff, and yeah, the dude had beakers everywhere. I was like, what does he do with that church? And she has, is, is, I think she's got a weapon right and walking up to him. And it's like, I don't know what that was. It was like a big spike or something. It was almost like sacrificial dagger. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much stabs himself through his wrist. That oh, way. but I like this though. I, I like, I like leading up to that man because she goes up to him and she like, it looks like she's licking his hand. <laughs> she like, she like sticks her head in, in the palm of his hand yeah. and it looks like she does a couple little like dog laps with it. Yeah. And then he's about to come down with that spike right into her head, and she moves her head, and he goes right through his own right, forearm or his hand. His yeah, it goes, it goes through his wrist, and he can't pull his hand back out, so it's stuck on the other side. And that's when he says, get me the blowtorch. <laughs> <laughs> and so from here on, you got, uh, I don't know, a good minute and a half of him just <laughs> burning his hand with, with this blowtorch. Into it. He burns it, and every time they show it, it looks more and more like an alligator paw or alligator leg. <laughs> it's like the, it's like the fingers and the bones become like pointier, and there's only four of them now. <laughs> like he he's turning into half alligator now. <laughs> oh man, that that was one of the lesser effects in this movie. So after that, then you kind of get uh, a burial at sea, <laughs> and he and he he is handless, right? Like. <laughs> Well, they don't. Whenever they're they're throwing the thing overboard, they don't really ever. Um, like it's kind of a far off shot where they don't really show. Yeah, 
Like he re- he reads a he says like uh, some scripture and then they just chunk it off the side of this boat, which they're not even that far at sea. They're like still in the harbor. And from here on, you kind of get this like they decided they could get one more scare out of this thing, and they really just should have just left it alone. <laughs> you know what though? I think this final scene is my favorite part of the whole movie. Oh really? Just because how it's pretty brutal, man. Yeah, it is brutal. Yeah, it is brutal. She gets back uh, home. And she's walking through her house, and of course she's still a little paranoid about things. And the male guy, as one up. as one would be, <laughs> yeah. Whenever you've almost been killed like thirteen times in two days, <laughs> I mean, everybody she meets wants to watch, you know, let, make her watch them cut their hand off. So, well, before that mailman shows up, though, the, that parcel carrier, there's all these like ominous knocks on the door, right? And she starts picking up little pieces. She, she starts seeing water all over the ground in her right. apartment. Yeah, doesn't little, know what it is. Little piece of seaweed. I mean, just like okay. <laughs> and for me, this is funny because she gets to the door and she opens up the I don't know, like the little peek box in the front. Yeah, yeah the mailbox. And and of course, the the hand reaches in for her, but oh, it's the it's the mail carrier guy. Why is he reaching in at her? <laughs> <laughs> like he was full on grabbing at her face when she opened that. Yeah, I guess I've been knocking out here for twenty minutes. <laughs> He's like, your doorbell didn't work, so I'm gonna grope your face. <laughs> so she gets this. She gets this like long, or not long. It's it's like a it's like a I, I don't know. It's a box that's almost exactly the same size as the metal case that the uh, hand was originally in. Right. So automatically you think, oh well, it came back. <laughs> yeah. So. So she's walking around some more. She's finding you know kelp and all sorts of crap. There's a, there's you know there's crustaceans yeah i think i saw sebastian from little mermaid running around there (laughs) leslie nielsen over there going i'll hold my breath for a long time (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) that's all ted dancing walk on set at one point (laughs) so it it does this thing though where she opens it up and uh it's just a big black dildo i don't understand (laughs) it looked like a it looked like a bong to me (laughs) i was like it's like is 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 the hand sending your like drug paraphernalia now so uh, yeah, it is. It's it's very phallic looking. <laughs> yeah, it is. And so she sets it on the table like it's normal. Like she doesn't question it at all. She's still <laughs> like concerned with the kelp that's everywhere. Yeah. She's like, oh, I still have seaweed all over my counter. Let's figure this out. So she goes over to the sink, and of course, here comes here comes the left hand out of the sink, and she she turns and goes to just jet out of there and the thing goes right to the back of her head and just starts swinging her around the room <laughs> she's spinning around and when they show if you like watch it in slow motion which i did i had to like pause it and like go frame by frame because at one point it looks like a doll hand in her hair yeah <laughs> when yeah. she's when she's like flipping around and stuff <laughs> and uh it, but it, this to me was like one of the most brutal things in the entire movie because i feel like yeah. i don't know man i feel like her and her husband got some pretty bad deaths and i feel like this one was a pretty bad one because it it like basically like slams her through like a glass coffee table face yeah. down yeah, she and just, just does a face dive into a glass table it's it's pretty nasty so i don't you know i don't understand is that, that the end of it for the hand now or <laughs> yeah, that's the end for her anyways so that's how Boy, they, it, it that's how right david bowie died <laughs> <laughs> ground control to major hand but yeah that, and that's the way the movie ends so uh, I don't know, man. This movie's just got—it's just got a charm to it that I really like. I—I I think it's one of those I like because it really takes it somewhere else. The fact of everybody running around trying to cut these hands off, 
I don't know, man. It's it's a lot of fun. It is my my only gripe about I me and my main gripe about um, the movie itself is just I feel like like we were saying a lot of like weird scenes where it felt like like filler. They were just like the pacing could have been a little sped yeah. up. Yeah, I agree. But but I mean that's a minor thing. It's I mean the movie's only again an hour and eighteen minutes long, so it's not super super long. Yeah. Uh, Do you ever think what were they thinking here in this movie? I didn't have any. I didn't have any what they were thinking. I guess for me, I, I just I was like, what were they thinking? Having a cast of primarily geriatrics, <laughs> <laughs> like I felt like you couldn't add somebody in there who's only like forty. You had to strictly go to nursing homes to get cast this movie. I, I think the you know the, the weird thing about it too is just the whole thing with the statue because even the the poster the artwork for this is all about that that demon statue but it really has so little to do with anything that's going on yeah the statue's missing a hand but he's holding a spear in the other one so what's that got to do with anything i guess it's a knife (laughs) (laughs) it it never yeah it never really comes back around you know in realizing this is of course spanish I, i guess it makes me feel like you know, it's kind of like the same thing. It's in the, the all the other Spanish horror movies that they just they just do things a little oddly. You know, so yeah, they do. A, you know, there's a lot of what what were you thinking stuff, but you can tell they really tried to Americanize this film. Oh, for sure, yeah. Especially when you you notice the difference between the score and one version and then the other, because like one is totally like it has that giallo kind of feel, feel to it, or that European yep. S- yep. score. And then the other one's just, you know, Starsky and Hutch funkified. <laughs> like, okay, so. <laughs> A fun fact about this movie, actually, is that uh, The Hand did go on to um, star in Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values in the 90s and uh, had a pretty lucrative career for a while. That's right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh,. J- any good lessons from bad movies? Never trust Flo Feldman to blow on your dice. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, any, any. I think when you're like hitting the jackpot like that at a casino, and anybody's come up to you and they're really showing an interest, and the guy at the front saying, "Oh, every woman's been saying they're his wife," yeah, might as well stay away from everybody at that point. My good lesson was just never compare women to a mine. They just. <laughs> I feel like that's just not going to go anywhere but downhill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's not good. I also said that uh, Demonoid would probably be a fantastic be- baseball pitcher. <laughs> Here he is, Jose Demonoid Perez. <laughs> Number 32. That, that one clocked in at 272 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and the hand's still attached. <laughs> what are the upgrades? Uh, you know, it's funny because you were talking about the different, uh, the different soundtracks. And that's one thing I had was the music. You know, you could... You could change some of this and maybe upgrade it a little bit. It would change the tone for sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I guess it's that thing of hey, it's it's the late seventies and you have a chase scene. You got to use the the typical chase scene music, you know. So I get why they use what they did, but it really does date it more than you really have to. I mean, the clothes are going to date it for one thing, but the music could have really made a difference in the staying power of it. I think. Oh yeah. I uh I would upgrade this movie with more handy amputation and face squishing. I feel like <laughs> there was a lot of it, but was there enough? I don't know. It, they they could have added in another 10 minutes of just him squishing faces. Uh, again, what what makes this work though is uh, the kills are so sporadic because you think about a killer hand doing stuff and you're kind of limited. 
But this one's not really limited. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he's hopping trains. He's blowing up mines. Yeah, and I think that's what I love about it. It's like, hey, it's a hand movie, but this is not any hand. This is one that can do stuff. I mean, apparently they buried it at sea, and it came back through the the sewage system and came through her pipes and was in her sink. <laughs> but it also mailed her a bong or a dildo. <laughs> Someone had to pay for that carrier to bring that. <laughs> I don't see Father Cunningham mailing her that. I mean, maybe he did. Maybe he's like, hey, you know, I'm missing a hand. You know, might as well get on with the rest of my life. <laughs> you know, meet a nice woman, settle down, buy her some erotic art, whatever the hell that was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I also, um, an upgrade for me would have been more Pepe. I feel like oh, he was yeah. a character. He was introduced and they made it seem like he was going to be a main character and then he just never comes back. Yeah, I agree. I said well, to, to give him to give him a name. I mean, like to give him a name is in everything. <laughs> I said list final showdown. They could have took about ten minutes out of that, and it still would have been fine. Just too much running around the church and not seeing anything. Yeah, I, I did feel like that was a, a pretty a pretty long scene. I do like they did another thing that a lot of um, I can't really say about Spanish horror films, but I, definitely it's a, a big thing with European stuff. Is uh, the final kill is just so like all of a sudden and then it just immediately cuts yep. to credits like yep it, it doesn't give you that time for resolution which i really i did like that yeah. because i mean i do like how they'll just hit you with something so fast and brutal and then all of a sudden it's like oh there, there's your movie guys the end. yeah yeah i like that argento too. argento does that a lot yeah yeah every movie i mean you have been yeah. watching so and so i mean it's like <laughs> well okay thanks for the heart well, the attack. first time <laughs> yeah the first time i saw sleepless man back in the early 2000s and Dude, just sitting there talking to this woman, all of a sudden his head explodes from getting taken out by a sniper, and then it cuts to credits. I'm like, oh my god, that was brutal as hell. Uh, Sorry, yeah. spoiler alert if you haven't seen Sleepless. If you haven't seen it, though, you need to see Sleepless. Yeah, well, same thing with the end of Deep Red, too, man. It's like, bang, you have been watching Deep Red. <laughs> wow, okay. Oh, man. I think I feel like in a lot of uh, in a lot of uh, American horror and stuff, I feel like there's always that wrap up. Even if there's a final scare, there's always still kind of you know that wrap up and resolution. Well, we always do the thing where we have to explain everything at the end. Well, yeah, and I don't think it's it's really not necessary either. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what was the the one of the first movies we covered on here? Slaughter High. No, 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 no. Uh, Splatter University. Splatter University. Yeah, because at the end, remember, it's like. Well, if we would known he was insane this whole time, blah, 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 you know, they have to give you this background of why it happened. Yeah, I just, I hate that, you know. It's yeah. really kind of what's got us in the mess with all the movies now. Because we feel like we have to explain everything. Hey, man, leave some mystery to it. That's what makes it interesting. And I, I mean, and honestly, I, mean, I do know people that are like, oh, they didn't explain anything. But I'm like, I don't feel that it's necessary. Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of stuff where you could just walk out of it and be like, no, that was cool. Well, Fred, <laughs> like that. Freddy Krueger was way scarier when you didn't know he was the the child of a thousand maniacs and he went around going, ha, you know. Yeah, that's why I'm really excited with the new Halloween movie. I'm kind of in the yep. same boat where, like, yep. they get into the Curse of the Thorn territory and all that. Oh. I'm just like, okay, nah. I'll watch these movies, but I'm not going to enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> I walked out of the theater on that one at the end, just going, what was that? <laughs> Where would you sit this on the bus, man? Uh, believe it or not, I've got it on the second seat. I don't have it in the very front. I I would put it in the second seat. I don't think it's a front seat. I, I don't think, I mean, we've done a lot of stuff like, man, this is no Pondo Sinatra. This is no, I mean, it, but it's also no Battlefield Earth either. You're not no. going to, you know, this isn't something I would put near the back. I think that's a pretty pretty fair place to put it is that second seat. I think this movie is fun enough. I, I think 
you can actually enjoy this movie. It, it does have a little lag in it, but I think it's got a lot of originality to it, man. It's got some crazy stuff in it. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. I, and 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 well, and you think of all the killer hand movies. Yeah, this one it is. It is quite a bit different than yeah. you know, like Michael Caine and the Hand and stuff like that. It's, sure. This one has a different feel to it. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I did like though, and it, I, this is me, you know, just liking really bad classic jokes. Um, but like, there was a part in the movie where they're talking about the left hand being severed or something, and uh, David Bowie says, "She says, uh, she goes, yeah, but it's all right." And I'm like, "It is all right because they have no left hands." <laughs> 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 Thank you, folks. I'm here all night. <laughs> it reminds me of Arrested Development. They did that whole gag with Buster, too, where they're like, he's all right. Like, oh, thank God. No, he lost his left hand. I thought you said he's all right. Yes, he's all right now. <laughs> <laughs> You're a horrible doctor. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, folks. We're going to take a little short break. We will be right back to wrap it up. Here we go. I'm Rick Morgan, and I want to share with you a scientific breakthrough that can change your life. Many people struggle through life with personal imperfections, shameful actions, and bad habits. So I'm here to tell you that there is a cure. All you have to do is subscribe to the House of Wax Classic Horror Podcast. I've been subscribed for only two months, and my results have been amazing. But don't take my word for it. Listen to these subscribers' success stories. I used to have pampered chef parties at my house and murder everyone that would show up. But after listening to the House of Wax, I don't even cook anymore. I used to have bad teeth, but since subscribing to House of Wax, I show my pearly whites wherever I go. I suffer with the need of bestiality. But since House of Wax, I don't suffer anymore. Huh? Oh, no, no, I still love the animals. I just don't feel as guilty with House of Wax playing in the background. So if you need a new horror show, then listen to the House of Wax podcast. It might just save your life. House of Wax is a proud member of Legion Podcast. And you can actually see this show on the new YouTube channel. Just look up House of Wax. And that is it for another episode of Short Bus Cinema. Today, we talked about a movie which I had never even heard of before today's episode, and I had a lot of fun talking about it. In fact, I watched it twice just because, um, you know, it, it is available on YouTube, but I will say this, that most of the good quality versions are being taken down by just because of copyright strikes. So if you're interested in watching it, you might have to dig a little deeper like I did, uh, um, they were there were some really decent quality ones on there, and they've been almost every single one of them has been hit. <laughs> so this, um, this has actually got a Blu-ray release too. Yeah, Vinegar Syndrome put it out, and it's a yeah. special edition. Like, yeah, it's got tons of features and stuff. So I'd be interested in seeing if they have multiple versions of this movie on there. Yeah, it may have the different soundtracks for sure. That would be cool. Yeah. And, well, because there is a dub where it is uh, subtitled, and I think I think that Spanish one's still up. I think you can actually still watch it. So if you are bilingual, you yeah. can watch that version. Sure. Yeah. But um, 
it's been a lot of fun, man. Uh, I, yeah, I say check it out. I, I think I think it's a lot of fun. It's just different, and that's what I like about it. I, I like when somebody shows me something I haven't seen before. <laughs> this movie's got several moments in it that you're going to go by like, man, this is just bonkers. <laughs> you you didn't really mention it on last episode, but you want to talk about House of Wax? Oh, House of Wax, uh, my new show. Uh, it's a new podcast slash webcast. You can actually watch the episodes on YouTube. Uh, it's going really well. I've got three episodes finished. By the time this probably comes out, the fourth one will be coming out. Um, but you can also just listen to the podcast that is also on Legion Podcast. I totally forgot about that, Johnny. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we, you, it hadn't really launched last time we recorded with Joseph and stuff, so yeah. it's cool to talk about, let people know. It's, it's really great if, you, if, whoever's, if you're interested in just like classic horror, and if you like Ricky... It's great. <laughs> well, there's there's two downers for you. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, they, it's. I honestly, I've only seen the 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 video version. I haven't listened to it, so. Um, but but the 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 video version of the show is very well. I mean, very well put together. A lot of cool like clips from movies and stuff. A lot of like, lot of, like professional green screen work. Well, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, hey, for for YouTube standards, it's pretty pro. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. I, I'm having a blast with it because, you know, the, even you and I, I mean, just the friendship and everything, it's, it's, I've always wanted to do a horror show because that's what kind of got me into podcasting in the first place. All the shows I was listening to were, were all horror shows. And, uh, so it's kind of neat to kind of get to do something my own way. And, uh, uh, for for you that do know me, I'm I'm a little ambitious. I like to do more than I'm physically able to do, and this is the product of that. <laughs> I think it, it's working out pretty well, man. I like it. Um, is it one of those? Is the show something you're going to do like in seasons, or are you just going to release just episodes as you have them? Or I'm going to try to release one every two weeks is my goal, and I've got little uh, filler stuff that I want to do in between those that are just basic conversation pieces. So uh, I've got one of those out as well, and. That, that first one is called A Little Off the Top, is what it's called. And uh, it's basically asking you, you know, what was the first thing that scared you? So I want it to be very interactive where people kind of communicate with each other and, and uh, oh, just make it more, instead of just about me talking about movies, about, you know, being a horror fan, you know, all of us. So, yeah. One thing I want to do also is uh, I want to start because you've been doing this with House of Wax. You've been um, doing and House of Wax, like W H A C K A S. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, because <laughs> people hear that and they're probably thinking of the movie. Right. Um, but um, you did some live streaming type stuff um, mm -hmm. with with that with that group. And I think it'd be cool to do that with Short Bus too. I'd like to Absolutely. do some live streaming, talk to people, and just I've never done a live stream like that though, but it seems kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think it's something we, we can definitely look into, and if the fans demand it, hey, you know, what are we going to do? Not do it? We have to do it. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. You folks let us know kind of what you want, what you'd be into, as long as it's legal. <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't require me and Johnny to get naked, then yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. It matters how much money is involved. I, let me rephrase. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yeah, that would be a blast, man. And and also, hey, you know, give us some more ideas. If you think you've seen something that's bad enough to be on the bus, just let us know, man. We're ready. I think we've got a, another movie already kind of picked out for the next episode. We've got another guest lined up, and we're trying to work that out to get them on the show as well. So, yeah, let us know what you want us to cover. We'd be glad to do it. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, uh, you know, and, and don't be hesitant, you know, as far as uh, – 
we, you know, we don't like overthink whether it's good or bad or whether it's, you know, technically bad or what whatnot, you know. Because this movie to me was like, this was not your typical bad movie. Yeah, I agree. After, after watching it again. But again, it's like, where is am I going to talk about this? I can't talk about this on Hail Ming. <laughs> oh, well, this movie, I mean, it's not winning any awards, but you know what I mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting enough watch, and you know you get a lot of a lot of Bowie and a lot of uh, that stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love it. I really do. I think it's a fun flick. Yeah, it's got its problems. It's got its flaws, but overall, I I think it's enjoyable. Really good episode, man. I enjoyed it. Yeah, good deal. Well, folks, we're gonna cut on out of here. We will see you next time. Sayonara. Peace. 